This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Good morning. Hey, I'm really excited that you guys are here this morning, and I'm excited about all the things that are going to be happening this morning. We have some important information. My name, by the way, is Tyler. I'm uh, one of the pastors here on staff, and I, I want to begin by just, uh, if you're newer around here, perhaps this is even your first time, we're really glad that you're here. Uh, we really exist to be a new community of people who are following Jesus Christ. We want to see his rule and his reign in our world, to bring his hope, healing, and wholeness to our world. And so uh, we're really glad that you're here, and we want to make it as easy as possible. Excuse me, my nose is running. That happens when I sing now. But we want to make it as easy as possible for you to enter into community with us as we serve Jesus together, okay? Inside our worship guide, it looks a little different this week, but we have what's called our Connect card. And uh, on one side, if you're newer around here, it'll be new to you, but you can check that out. There's places you can check off. You can put your e, uh, email address, and we'll keep you abreast of things that are happening through what we call our e-newsletter. Uh, you can, oh, if you write a prayer request on there, by the way, they make good paper, paper airplanes. Not really. But if you put a prayer request on the bottom there, we pray for those every week, and normally we have a line for that, but it, it got left off this week, but... You can write a prayer on there. Also, during our service, you can go back to this, the cross back here. Our prayer team is there. They would love to pray with you or for you this morning. And there's other ways to connect. And on the back side, you're going to hear more about this in a minute, uh, about some opportunities to grow uh, this fall. Hey, a couple of announcements that are coming up. Somebody help me with the dates of the ladies' retreat that's coming up. When is that? Next weekend, thank you, Mitzi. That's coming up real soon. You'll want to register for that. Uh, ladies gather from several co- uh, covenant churches in Alaska, and they have a great time together. The campground's not too far away, and you can find more information in your worship guide about that, but also out in the lobby following this service, they have uh, registration forms and stuff out there as well. And then also on September 25th, we have our Connect Luncheon. Now, that's for anybody, particularly for newer people who would like to learn more about who we are as a church and how we do things, what our values are, and uh, what we believe in, those kinds of things. But really, it's for anybody who's been around for a while and feels a bit disconnected. I encourage you to sign up for that. And so you can sign up online and uh, just look for the Connect Luncheon, and we'll get you squared away. They feed you lunch. They take care of your small kids, and uh, it's a great way and to learn about our church and meet some new people. All right. Hey, I want to tell you about some opportunities to, to plug into community and to grow uh, this, this fall. But, but first, we're going to watch this video. Your heart. It's roughly 18 inches from your brain. Not very far, right? So why is it so hard to not just read the Bible, but to really absorb it, deep down where it counts? Why do we have trouble getting it in a way that transforms our life? 
There are probably a lot of reasons, but here's a good one. Back around 200 BC, a Greek translation of the Bible split whole books into smaller sections so each could fit on a single scroll. The order of the books changed over time, sometimes simply from longest to shortest. In the 13th century, the books were divided into chapters, and in the 1500s, Bible verse numbers were added. To make it easier to fit on pages, the text was split into two columns. Notes and commentary were added over time. Section headings, too and red letters gain popularity along the way. So what does it all add up to? Our modern Bible, weighed down by a lot of well-intentioned accessories. But does it feel more like a reference book than a love letter? Does it read more like Bible nuggets than the story of God? So we asked, what if we could turn back the pages of time to set the Bible free from history's many editions? Would God's word flow more freely from head to heart? We started by putting the books in a better historical order. Books that had been split, we put back together. We took away the chapter breaks, the verse numbering, the notes, the commentaries, even the red letters. We put it all back into one column, like the original. And we named it the Books of the Bible. A Bible so innovative, it was there from the start. Then we kept thinking. People usually read the Bible alone, in isolation. But what if we could go deeper together? experiencing God's Word in community. So we design an eight-week reading plan, and we're inviting you to meet once a week in community to talk about your questions and discoveries. In just eight weeks, you will have read the entire New Testament like you've never seen before. We call this eight-week plan the Community Bible Experience. All the better to move God's truth from your brain to where it really counts. So it feels like the natural rhythm of life in America, or maybe it's Alaska, but is as we come into fall, uh, our schedules start filling up, and we, we, we start scheduling the things that are important. And uh, I want to encourage us all, and myself included, that amongst the, the important things, there's important and urgent. You have to schedule work, right? That's kind of important. You have to go to work, and there's other things that you have to do. Well, no one's going to be standing by and saying, hey, you have to plug into community and you have to grow spiritually. But that's important. Would you agree? And so I want to encourage us all to make space in our schedules and with our energy to look for opportunities to grow and to be plug into community. This is the, called the Community Bible Experience. You just heard a little bit about it right here. I have a copy of it right here. And you wonder, well, how is this different than a normal New Testament? This is just the New Testament. As you saw in the video, all the markings are off, and you just have the books in chronological order, as scholars believe the order in which they were written. So it begins with the Gospel of Luke. And as you read it, we are encouraged to read it as a community and read it like you would a, a novel or a book. Because after all, the Bible, that's what was written as letters, it was written as, um, you know, whole narratives that we, we can read together. And so um, it's meant to be not a, a love letter, not a textbook, if you will. And so there's an opportunity for us to engage in uh, the, the community Bible experience together. Now, how much would you expect to pay for something like this? It's, it's, it's completely redone. 
By the way, you get two Ginsu knives with this, too. No, no, that's not true. Hey, we have this available today for only $5, okay? So right after the service in the back, this back corner right here, you can pick up your own copy. Now, for it to be a community Bible experience, uh, we're really encouraging you to do it with somebody. So even if you did it on your own, why not ask somebody else, hey, would you do this with me? Let's read through this together. And to make it easier, they have published this bookmark. And the bookmark has it broken out into eight weeks. Now, at five days a week. Now, that's, that's a half hour reading a day. Some of us have not read a half hour in the last two years. Am I right? But so this is what we've done. We've got the, uh, the eight week, right? And then we, we created another bookmark. This is 15 minutes a day, seven days a week with some catch-up days. So what you do is you get with some other people and say, hey, let's do this together. You, you pick up which bookmark you think you want to keep up with, or you could even create your own schedule. But you, you covenant together, hey, we're going to read this together. And uh, that's why it's called a community Bible experience, $5, $5, Okay. So what are some other ways that you can engage with this? Well, this morning in your worship guide, we have uh, a description of home groups and what we're calling Super Wednesdays. You've maybe already heard about this, but home groups are meant to be uh, like groups that meet in home. We share life together, centered in Christ. And for many of our home groups, they're using this as their study material as a home group, okay? And so um, there's information about the home group. And on the flip side, it's Super Wednesdays. Guess which day of the week that is? I think I heard a Wednesday. That's sharp. You guys are sharp. Yeah, Super Wednesdays. Wednesday night's here from 6 to 8. The idea is that we gather as a larger community for soup, and then you can break up into classes. There's a description of some of the classes on here that you can sign up for. You can sign up for those in the back today. Also, on the back of this welcome card, we have sign-ups for both and the reason for that is that you can fill this out and just drop it in the offering basket when we receive an offering a little later in the, in the morning. And that gives us an opportunity to respond to you and help you get plugged in. Okay? So a couple different ways to sign up. You can fill this out and turn it in. You can come to the back table after the service, find out what groups are being offered, and sign up back there. Or specifically with the Community Bible Experience. And we ordered quite a few to quite a few of these. Um, it's just not our churches doing this. It's actually covenant churches throughout the United States are uh, doing this this fall and in, after Christmas. And so um, even if you want to do this on your own, I encourage you to do it with somebody. And you could pick up your copy right after the service today for how much? $5. What a deal. Does that sound good? Hey, I'm going to invite the worship team back up on the platform to join me as they come up, um, we're going to read together in just a minute from Psalm 72. Psalm 72 is a psalm of blessing or maybe a charge for King Solomon about the kind of king that he needed to be. But it also foreshadows the kind of king that Jesus is. As we've talked about the kingdom of Jesus, the one who who we want to extend his rule and his reign in our community. I love this description of the kind of king that Jesus is that we get to follow. And uh, Kim is going to lead us through this, but I want to invite you to stand. 
And let's read this aloud together. It's an excerpt from Psalm 72. It's about five slides long. But let's, let's proclaim this aloud together. This is Jesus, our King. Amen? Let's read it together. Hey, isn't that video great? Man, you know what? I, I, sit, I sit there and, and my eyes just get, they well up with tears. That we are a part of a movement of God that began with a covenant denomination way back in 1886. And from generation to generation, the mantle has been passed and God's work continues to grow. Lives are being touched and transformed by the power of God through His Holy Spirit as people come to know Jesus Christ. And you and I are a part of that faith legacy. Um, wow. I'll tell you what, that's a reason to get up out of bed every morning, isn't it, Stephanie? I think so. And we're so mindful of that here at Community Covenant Church. Over 20 years ago, as the video showed, a group of faithful men and women gathered together and began to pray. And God gave them a vision for a church in Eagle River that would have a, a local impact, but also an impact that would reach out to every area of our state of Alaska and beyond. And here we are 20 years later, and we're mindful of that legacy. We are mindful of what God has called us to. And that everything we do and will do as a church is built on, on that foundation that God laid way back in 1886. That's our roots. It's our heritage as a church. Now, you might remember two years ago, coming up on our 20th anniversary as a church, we began to ask some questions. Lord, what is it you want us to be about the next 20 years? How will you have us take that mantle and, and build on that legacy of faith moving forward? And, and you might recall we began with some really honest discussion about where we are as a church. And we decided that we were pretty stable, but stable wasn't where we wanted to be. Uh, we wanted to be on the cutting edge. We wanted to be about pursuing Christ and His priorities in the world. And so we began a Holy Spirit-led journey seeking greater congregational vitality. Asking the question, Lord, what, what's, what's our purpose? What's our mission going to be moving forward? And you might recall that. That journey began, and as a congregation, we began to meet together in different teams of people, prayerfully discerning God's direction for our church. Uh, we assessed our community and got lots of information. We did an in internal assessment, and, and you gave us lots of feedback. Uh, there was a prayer team that was formed, and that prayer team uh, is alive and growing today. And we're so grateful for that as prayer is the core of who we are as a church. Uh, and then we had a, a, a history team that really went back and looked at the history, kind of the panorama of, of this church, trying to discern, Lord, 
This is where we've been. Where are you leading us? And, and then there was a, a relational covenant team that really formed a, a, a set of guidelines that, that are biblically based to guide us in this journey together as we seek this new uh, season. And then finally, there was a, a biblical story team. And uh, Stephanie was, was heading that up. And we were trying to discern exactly Lord, as we look through the pages of Scripture, what story in the Bible really resonates with us? Where does our story as a church merge with that story in Scripture? And, and you'll be hearing more about that. And finally, we, we took a big survey. You remember that? It was called Pulse. Over 200 of you took that. And uh, that gave us lots of information about really not only where we are as a church, but where you are as a congregation And then our church leadership commissioned a team of people called the Strategic Ministry Planning Team to take all that information to continue to pray into that question of, Lord, what is our mission? What's our vision to be moving forward? And how are we going to go about doing that? And that team concluded this spring. And today, we're going to share with you what the Lord has been revealing to us as a congregation on this two-year Spirit-led journey seeking greater congregational vitality because we really want to be about Christ and pursuing His priorities in the world. I've asked Stephanie to join me. The reason being is that uh, Stephanie is what we would call out in the bush or village Alaska an elder. Yeah. Yeah along with others of you who have been here from the very, very beginning. Stephanie has a link to where we have been and is a member of the Biblical Story Team and also the Strategic Ministry Planning Team. She has a sense of where we're going. And, and so I want to begin just by talking a little bit with Stephanie, and then she's going to share with you. But Stephanie, it's clear that God is building on a on a foundation that began back in 1886, but for this church, 20 years of faithful ministry. Having been here from the beginning, where are some places that you've seen God at work in and through this congregation? (laughs) So when you asked me that question, I started thinking about, you know, the building and the gym and the different things we have done, but very quickly that became less important than the people that are here. And that song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness, to me has a double meaning. Very faithful people are the foundation of this church. But it, and they would say automatically, it's God's faithfulness that I have seen through the 20 years. And I was thinking we've laughed together, we've cried together, we've sung together, we've prayed together, we've eaten together. And yesterday at Cindy's memorial service, I thought, We did all five of those things within two hours, you know. We sang, we prayed, we we, uh, laughed, we cried, and then we ate. (laughs) And it was all about um, the people that I have seen come, some have left, some are still here, and just how precious that has been. Thank you, Tyler, for singing that that song. That was just perfect. And when we think of that, and we we think of a a biblical story that we as a, a congregation identify with, um, I know you were on that team. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, that story and, and how you identified it? So um, 
I thought that would be a really easy job to do because I wanted one little thing to do in the vitality pathway. And I, whenever I say that, I always feel like I have to apologize to the people who are on that team with me. A lot of you are here today because I really thought it was going to end up differently. I really thought it was going to be my story, you know, that I had picked out and I was all proud of it and everything. And it turned out very quickly that um, we're all we all have our favorite stories, and we all really wanted to, to share them and talk about them. And halfway through, I thought, God, what do I do? You know, it's, it's not the way I thought it would be. And somehow, out of that discussion, um, out of the things that people were telling, this is important about this story, one story kind of kept rising to the top. And even at the end, um, people were like, what? What just happened? I, I don't even know what happened. And so I, I felt like... Um, you know, here it is, and it's beautiful, but it wasn't the one I would have chosen, which I think makes it all that more precious to me, because after we chose it, I really began looking at it in a different light, and I have um, really lived with, excuse me, lived with this story now for almost two years, and keep finding things about it that I hadn't seen before. So it's a very familiar story, but I ask you just to, to listen to it in terms of the church and where we're headed, and... Um, Please, yeah, you okay. sure can. <laughs> so this is our story. Um, again, it's a very familiar story. It's found in Matthew chapter 14. I'll just read it to you here. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Wow. Now, as we read that story, and you think of where our church has been, and, and really sensing where God, through his Holy Spirit, giving us discernment, is leading us, are there some common themes or some themes that... Give us a hint as to where you think God is going to lead us in the mission he's giving us as a church. So the interesting thing about um, the story in the last two years for me is that it, I've been able to apply it to a lot of different um, things that happen in the world or in my life. But as we talked in the strategic ministry planning team, um, the themes that came out to me are not the ones that I would have thought of right away, but you'll see hopefully that they apply, and that is the, the themes of hope and healing and wholeness. 
Now, hope in the dictionary is to desire something and to expect it will happen. The Bible says faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So faith and hope are intertwined. So the thing that strikes me about this story is that the, the disciples were obedient when they got into that boat. I think during my life, I would like there to be a rule that when I'm obedient, I don't get storms, right? And sometimes I get mad when there's storms that come unexpectedly, that come um, un unknowingly or come you know, quickly that I don't, I don't like. Storms are not fun things. And so they're a symbol of things that, the hard things that we go through, medical, relational, financial, personal, um, political. We can name any hard thing and we've used the storm kind of to symbolize that. But Jesus comes to them in a very unusual way. They've never seen it before. They didn't expect it. They were afraid of it. And he gives them hope. He says, I'm here. But he doesn't stop the storm. And that's the other thing that always bothers me. Like Jesus should show up and say, okay, I'm here, done, you know. And in my life, I sometimes expect that. Uh, but Peter, of all the characters in the, the story, Peter is very fascinating to me because he is so unlike me. I'm a safety police. I love to, you know, see the options, weigh the pros and cons, know where I'm headed, all that kind of thing. Um, Peter just jumps ahead and he starts doing what nobody has ever done before or since, to my knowledge. But then he gets distracted by the waves. Again, the waves can be political, financial, personal, relational, medical, whatever. He gets distracted by those things and he starts to drown and prays the prayer that is so you know, deep and, and honest. Lord, save me. There's nothing I can do here. Please save me. And Jesus takes his hand and lifts him up. But still the storm is going on. And again, I think, come on, stop the storm, you know, in my life. Um, and Jesus walks Peter to the boat. And it's when they join the other disciples in the boat, the storm stops. And to me, that's the symbol of healing, the stopping of the storm in this passage. So because of this story, when our friends and family and ourselves are going through hard things, we always say, keep your eyes on Jesus. And that um, can almost become a cliche, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus, you know, keep, go ahead, do whatever. And so I, I think to myself, well, what does that mean? What does that mean to keep my eyes on Jesus? And so through our discussion in the ministry planning team, we, um, we thought of three things that that also apply to this. How do we keep our eyes on Jesus? Number one of them is prayer. We, we pray to him, right? That's hopefully obvious. Um, but community is also very important. Community to me is more than just people that we say hi to on Sunday morning, but it's people who hold you accountable. It's people who make you better because that you're with them and that hopefully you make them better too. Peter's life is marked by times when he said things he shouldn't have said, he did things he shouldn't have done, he promised things he couldn't deliver. All four Gospels have a different story of Peter failing. Like, gee, Peter failing. And all four Gospels at the end tell the story of Peter's betrayal of Jesus. Peter had a pretty colored history there, right? But after each failure... Jesus leads him back to community, and he often tells them 
to take care of his people, right? Feed my sheep. When this is done, go back and strengthen your brothers. So during our Monday night um, prayer meeting that you're all invited to, um, one day I, I asked, why did Peter have to fail over and over and over? And my friend there said, um, you know, maybe Peter kept failing so that he would learn that Jesus would be there to pick him up. That struck me, and at the end of his life, um, I think that Peter knew this to be true. I can get that. Oh, there, can you help? Sorry. <laughs> he wrote in 1 Peter, which was a letter he wrote as an elder man, elder man. Um, did, you, wrote, did, did you say elder? I said elder. Um, he knew this to be true. He wrote to the people that he had ministered to his whole life. If you are suffering according to God's will, keep on doing what is right. And trust your lives to the God who made you, for he will never fail you. And I think about that in context of this time where Peter walked on the water, did amazing things, and then literally fell flat on his face. He knew this to be true, that Jesus would never fail him. But then we reach the end of our story, and it is so beautiful. I just imagine this peaceful, quiet, holy hush, and it says, um, those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. And at least in the book of Matthew, this is the first time that they got it, that they understood who they were talking to and about. And as interesting as he is, Peter, of course, is not the center of the story. Um, that holy moment when peace settled on the group. I think about that in terms of discipleship. Discipleship is getting to know Jesus, getting to know who he really is, and worshiping him. Yeah. You know, as you think of the biblical story, you think of our story as a member of the strategic ministry planning team, that's been tasked with prayerfully kind of just discerning all of it and, and then really seeking God's direction moving forward. Do you, do you see links to where we've been in the past and to where we're going in the future as a church? Um, so Eagle River is really interesting demographically. We're pretty um, affluent as far as demographics go. We have nice schools, we have nice homes, you know, kind of thing. But... Um, we're so close to areas that aren't that way. But even in our community, there are so many storms going on, relational, medical, financial, personal. I mean, we know in ourselves and we know in people, it's not um, always what is at face value, I think. So about eight or nine years ago, I think it was, we had another week of prayer and fasting, and we really asked God to show us where we fit in his in his um, grand scheme of things and why we were in Eagle River, what we were meant to do in Alaska and in the world. And um, the words that came out of that were prayer, healing, and then also um, leaning towards hope. And I don't think his desire for us has changed in that. I think he wants us to grow deeper into that. Um, we have experienced literal storms, uh, financial storms, personal storms, medical storms. We've lost people very dear to us. And I think that um, God's message of hope, here I am, it is I, don't be afraid, is still very present to us. And he wants us to, to give that hope and that 
prayer and that healing to our community. You know, as, uh, as I think of those disciples, Jesus told them to get into the boat. They were going across, they encountered the storm, and, and in the story, as Stephanie has said, we, we see hope and, and we see healing and, and we see wholeness. And then they get to the other side. But then what does the Lord have them do? Uh, the Lord is commissioning them to go out into their world to share the very thing that they experienced uh, even in that, that brief time in the boat. And that's the hope, the healing, and the wholeness that, that people can experience when they come into a life-transforming encounter with Jesus Christ. And really, uh, what he was commissioning them to do was to be about the work of his kingdom, to establish the rule and reign of God through Jesus Christ, his son. And that was going to be their mission. And they didn't know it, but they were going to be about continuing his message and his mission, uh, taking it to the world. And really, we're a part of that, aren't we? That faith legacy here in Alaska. And so we think about that. And before I, I share, uh, what we've discerned the Lord wants us to be about, where He wants us as a congregation to move, uh, to own, and to live out in very real and tangible ways beginning our next 20 years. What, what is your hope for our church? Well, there's, um, in thinking about this, there's two things, if I can list off. One is that um, we need to remember that storms are going to come, even when we're being obedient and faithful and doing what we need to do. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So we can't let waves and winds and storms distract us from what God has told us to do as individuals or as a, as a church. But I'm going to steal from the Apostle Paul <laughs> and giving my hope as Paul wrote to the Romans. Um, I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not a bunch of perfect people who are free from trials or storms. If you're looking for that, sorry, this is not where we are. We have disagreements. We make mistakes. We have our storms. Um, but the hope we have to share with the community is not because of what we have to offer. It's not because of our talents. Um, it's because of what Jesus offers. And then I hope that we fill ourselves with his love, especially in those storms. And then we just overflow. We can't overflow unless we're filled, right? And we are filled with his love and overflow to our community. Wow. You know, as I'm looking at that passage, uh, in the next several weeks, I am going to unpack uh, our mission statement and, and really the, the ministry plan, the beginning of the plan that, that we believe God is calling us into. Uh, I'm going to do a sermon series, and it's called uh, Our Church, Our Mission. And I'm going to unpack all of that in more detail and give more detail to the congregation about it. But but this is what I want you to know is that that, that passage from, from Romans, that's the passage. And we didn't talk about this, 
that's the passage I'm going to start with next Sunday as we talk about hope and, and really what that means, what it means to us and as a part of, of our, our sense of mission. So here it is. This is, our, this is our mission. This is our mission statement. This is what we want to be about. This is where we're headed. We feel very strongly that God wants us to be about the message of the kingdom, the rule and reign of God through Jesus Christ. And, and as we read the Gospels, it's very clear that there are three things that, that are manifested, that are signs of the kingdom. Hope, healing, and wholeness. Now, our job is to contextualize that, what that means for us as a congregation, what that means in Eagle River in Alaska, and what it means in the global ministry of the gospel that the, the Lord has given this church. But, but our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. We are called to be about the kingdom of God. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, what do we pray? Thy what? Kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God's hope manifested through His Son, Jesus Christ, His healing and His wholeness. We're going to talk about what that means for us right here, for each of you at Community Covenant Church. And then we're going to talk about what does that mean for us as a congregation, bringing that to, to our community and to our world. I am so excited about where God is leading this church I'm grateful that we're building on a legacy that began back in 1886 and that this church founded over 20 years ago uh, was a church that the Lord gave this mission to and now He's renewing us and calling us to live into that in a fuller way as we experience our next 20 years. So with that, Pastor Tyler, I want to invite you up. And I think that uh, there's a prayer in Scripture. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I think as we as a congregation begin to learn all that God has for us. I'm okay. <laughs> that He says, you will stumble, but you will not fall. <laughs> would, would you lead us, Pastor Tyler? <laughs> 